0: Us up today, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. And I think what an appropriate time to have this discussion uh, as we enter into the summer. Um, and I think it's a great time to exercise our authority with God. Amen. But all the stuff that's going on out there in the world, we need some spiritual authority, right? We have to take over the principalities of the air and take charge, pardon me, of what's going on and let the enemy know that we're not here to back down, we're here to stand up. Come on. We're not here to back down. Come on, somebody. We're here to stand up, right? And so so the church does what politics can't do. The church does what marching can't do. I have nothing against all that stuff. But if there's no prayer in the church, come on. If we're not praying for our city, praying for our politicians, praying... I, 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 was, I was watching the, the news the other night, last Sunday night, before I sent out that alert, and the, the police commissioner was on the TV, and they're asking him, you know, police commissioner, what you going to do about all, this, all these killings? And he said, don't ask me. He said, if you ask me, nothing's going to stop. He said, we need to ask the community. We need to ask those leaders who are out in the community. And guess what? Now, when the police chief don't have no answers, church, we, <laughs> church they, they're in trouble. You know, when the police chief is doing all he can and his natural mind to do it, And depending on leaders in the community to make those changes, uh, we got to step up, right? We have to step up. And it starts by prayer, but after you pray, you got to do some actions, right? There's some things we have to do. Like we may take a Saturday, put our RCC shirts on and go clean the streets in the roughest area in Philly. Let them see us out there serving. Serving, because serving gives you a voice. Serving gives you a voice. When you're not serving, you have no voice, So uh, God's depending on us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God's depending on you. you. That was a weak one. Y'all like, oh, no, no, no. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, God is depending on you. Right? Amen. He's depending on you. So I want to dive into this, the spiritual warfare. We're talking about spiritual warfare, the importance of, especially as a Christian, understanding what spiritual warfare is. And we looked at the scripture in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 12 through 13, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, right? First thing you got to recognize, this is not a flesh and blood fight, right? And, and and you see that every day. People get mad at each other when it's not a flesh and blood fight, right? But against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places, Therefore, put on, watch this, as a result of this going on in the atmosphere, you have to put on every piece of armor. That means don't leave one piece of armor off. Don't leave one thing off. You can't have the sword and not have the breastplate. You can't have the breastplate and not have the shield. You can't have the shield and not have the helmet. He says you need to put on what? Every piece of armor. So today I want to equip you to put on every piece of armor, right? Not just a couple of pieces. Here here's why. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, watch this. After the battle, you will still be standing when you're fully armed. Yeah, yeah, come on. You will still be standing. When you are fully armed, that means that after this battle is over, how many people know somebody that was taken out by a spiritual battle? Right? Because every I was talking to my uh, uh, brother Ray Sean. I said, listen, man, the closer you get to God, the the more the enemy is going to try to intimidate you to stop. But you got to get suited up. Come on. You got to get suited up. You got to get ready and know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And as long as I'm fully armed, guess what? I will still be standing. Yeah, Look at the scripture and it goes on to the next part to say, which I'm going to deal with today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. It says, stand therefore, have girded your waist with truth. We're going to talk about that having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So he tells us that there are six pieces of armor. I want you to write this down, take a picture of it, whatever you're going to do. But there are six pieces of armor. One, we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. There are six pieces of armor that you must be suited up, not some days, but all days. And I love it that it says put on, which means that you're not automatic, you don't get saved and you're automatically dressed with your armor, right? There must be an action of putting on the armor. There must be something on your part that you have to do to get dressed. Now, when you woke up this morning, I'm glad that nobody showed up to church how they woke up. <laughs> come on, come on I, I'm glad because. <laughs> It'll be a scary thing, Pastor Rick, if people showed up how they woke up. But what? There was something, a process you had to go through to get dressed. And it's the same thing spiritually. You can't just show up to a battle and think that, hey, I'm ready. No, no. You got to put on the armor. You got to get dressed in the spirit. Come on, somebody. You got to make sure you are fully armored when you're going in to battle. Somebody say fully armor. He said put on, and then you got to take up. Which means there's action that needs to be done on your part. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I living in the full benefits of my armor? Man, am I living in the full benefits of my armor? Or even better yet, do you even have on your armor? (laughs) Right? Because you can't live in the benefits of the armor if you don't have the armor. So am I living in the full benefits of my armor. Because while we think that we're just being happy and everything, the enemy wants to come against you to destroy you. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Newsflash, he is not your friend. He is your enemy. (laughs) Come on. He does not want you coming to church. He does not want you worshiping God. He does not want you telling somebody else about Jesus. He doesn't want us talking about transforming a community. If we kept everything light, this place would probably be jam-packed. But when you start talking about coming against principalities, come on, and changing atmospheres and getting people off of drugs and changing the streets by prayer, the enemy does not want that language to begin to fill the atmosphere. But I'm glad he said one can chase a thousand, come on somebody, but two could put 10,000 to flight. If we come together and start speaking the word, things will happen. So watch as the enemy attacks on different levels. We talked about this last week. He uh, talked about principalities, dominions and thrones, remember that? Princes and lords and forces, evil spirits, and then messengers of Satan. Right? So we want to make sure that we are understanding spiritual warfare when it comes to that. Now, I want to make sure you don't look like this guy over here. Right? Some people get some people get into a battle and that's what they do. They kind of curl up in a corner somewhere. Rob, you don't do that. I'm not talking about you. They, they, they curl up in a corner somewhere and they are just terrified of the battle right? Terrified. The enemy is just lighting people up, just lighting them up, and they're just in the corner. <laughs> you don't know what to do, don't know how to fight, don't know what to say, don't know what the next step is, but you want to make sure that you look like these guys. These guys look like they mean business. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they like, you don't, you don't want to get in their way because if you get in their way, there's going to be a problem, right? Okay. And, and that's how, that has to be the stance of the church. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? That has to be the stance of the church, that we understand the spiritual battle. That's why it's called spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, right? Because there's a war going on. You don't have to be saved or spiritual to understand that. When you see what's going on out in the world, there's a war going on. But the good thing is that as a believer, you win. Can I say that again? As a believer, you win. You have everything you need in your possession to win the battle for your family, for your lives, for your health. You have everything you need to win the, somebody said, I win the battle. battle. All right, now let's talk about how you get dressed, right? In the spirit we're talking about, in the spirit, right? Put it on that whole armor, right? So we go back to the book of Ephesians. The first thing he said was having girded your waist with truth. Literally having girded your loins with, with truth, the King James Version says, means having your waist encircled or belted with the truth. The first thing you have to come in contact with understand the truth. Some people get dressed based upon a falseness or a lie or something that is the opposite of truth. The first thing you have to do is understand that the way he said, thy word is thy truth. Right? You have to understand who Jesus is and understand the truth before you can do anything. I love the scripture in John 17 and 17. It simply says, sanctify them by what? Your truth. The truth sanctifies. He says, what's the truth? Your word is truth. Not TMZ, not Facebook. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Those are not your truth. Right? Not a magazine is not your truth. Those aren't your truths, right? No matter what they say, he says your word is the truth. And that's why the enemy wants to do everything he can today to dilute and unpower, unpower the word of God. Because he knows if you ever get that word down in your spirit, the power of the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free, make you free. That means you get enough word in you, you will be free. How do we do this? How do we apply this truth? Look at this, and I like this. The belt of truth is activated when we take an unwavering stand on the word of God in the face of lies. Man, that's really good. I want to make sure that we're not just abstract. I want to make sure that something is applicable here today. So when we talk about the belt of truth, We're talking about making sure that we understand that when the enemy lies to us, we know the truth. And how many people, there's weeks that the enemy's lying to you all week long? Come on. He's telling you things about yourself that's not true. He's telling you lies about yourself that's not true. But you have to know the truth of the word of God. You have to know who you are in God, and you have to understand that the truth reflects the reality of who God is. Somebody say truth. Look at somebody and say live in the truth. Number two, I want you to look at this. He says, then after you have the truth, I want you to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. The Roman breastplate was made of bronze or iron. Watch this, and it was secured to the belt by three leather thongs that already mentioned that hung in front of the belt. That picture that I showed you of the centurion's uh, that belt, that that wonderful breastplate is held up by the belt, which means that you can't have the breastplate, which was designed to protect organs, particularly the heart. And so people don't have their breastplate on, their heart gets all messed up. And you can't have the breastplate on because the, if you don't have truth, because the breastplate was held together by the belts. Truth keeps your heart in right condition. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. If you don't have truth, your heart will get messed up. If you don't know the truth, it'll mess up your heart. So guess what? I can't walk out without my breastplate on because he says, I got to guard my heart with what? All diligence. And the enemy will send people to try to mess up your hearts. You got to make sure you keep your heart right. It's not your brother or your sister trying to get at you. It's the enemy because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God that are pulling down are strongholds, right? It's not them. It's the enemy trying to work through them to mess up your heart. And your heart will get messed up when you don't have your breastplate on. And when I was looking at this, uh, uh, th- th- these, these things that, are, that, that lay over the loins, it's so that when they're hitting the sword, they can't mess with their loins. <laughs> They can't mess the law. What, what, what are the lawns for a man? That's how he reproduces. And what the enemy wants to do, he wants to stop your ability to reproduce in the spirits. Right. Right. Man, I know this is, this is come on. He, he, does, he doesn't want you producing in the spirit. I'm not talking about naturally. He doesn't want you to be able to have the ability to go out and bring somebody into Christ. He doesn't want you to be able to bring people to Jesus, right? He wants to stop that as much as he can. So what? He, he will go after your loins, your spiritual loins, to stop you from producing in the spirit. So as a child of God, you want to make sure that you can always be productive because you have your armor on, put on the breastplate of righteousness that protects your heart. I love this. Righteousness, and I have this as a definition, is right standing before God through our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's the great thing about righteousness. He says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I know mine's is, because every time I try, I mess up. He says, but if you can take the righteousness of Christ and believe that, that, put that belt of truth around the righteousness of Christ, guess what? Then you're not trying to be righteous. You are the righteous. Come on. You are the righteous, right? And what the enemy wants to do is he's great at condemning you. The Bible says he, what? he, he loves to con- con- condemn the brethren and the sisters in the body of Christ. He loves to come at you and make you feel bad and make you feel you're not worthy. I'm not worthy. You're right. But through Christ, I am worthy. By myself, I'm not worthy, but through Christ, I am worthy. Through the blood of Jesus, I am worthy. So, watch this it is not your righteousness, it is His righteousness that makes you worthy. It's His inheritance, it's His relationship with Christ, and me receiving Christ that makes me worthy. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. He will lie to you in order to get you discouraged, to feel bad, to feel condemned. The Bible says that there is therefore now what? No condemnation for those that are in who? Christ Jesus. Don't feel condemned. Feel redeemed. <laughs> Come on, don't feel condemned. Feel redeemed. Understand that He loves you unconditionally. Do you know what that means? Anybody that has kids understands unconditional love. Yeah. Anybody got kids, you know. They're, they're, your kid can be a hellion. They can be just messed up. But when you have, if you, when, when you have kids, sometimes you got to let them go. But it doesn't change your love for them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm letting you go because I love you. And I'll hurt you by trying to hold on to you yeah. past the time. Sometimes you got to let people go and let God deal with them. And if I, I, I love you, that's why I am letting you go. Unconditional love. Jesus has unconditional love for us. That's why he's given us these tools. Because he doesn't want you in battle looking like this guy. <laughs> you don't want to look like that guy. He's hiding somewhere in the corner. But you have the breastplate, and the breastplate is connected to truth. Look at this real quickly. Uh, Psalms 119 and 11 says, and I'm almost there, your word I have what? Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see that? So the enemy wants to get after your heart because in your heart you have the word. But the breastplate of righteousness protects The heart, application. How do we apply this? When we purpose in our heart not to be defiled and to claim the righteousness of Christ as ours, we stand strong against Satan's accusations. That's how we put that that breastplate on. We stand strong against his accusations when we purpose in our heart to receive the righteousness of God. Number three, real quickly, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet must be positioned in battle formation. Your feet must be positioned in battle formation. And when you study uh, the Roman centurions uh, back then, um, when, when, when they would go to battle, the awesome thing was that on the bottom of their sandals, uh, they didn't have no Timberlands back then. So on the bottom of their sandals, they had, they had something called spikes. And the spikes would allow them to stand strong when they're in the midst of battle. Not only that, uh, it will allow them that if they ever got into close combat, they can use the spikes to kick their enemy, right? So when he talks about really having your feet shot with the gospel, he said, stand your ground. Don't, don't don't let come on! Don't let the enemy move you. Don't. So some people, the enemy just got to go, and, they, and they're gone. I mean, there's this there, there's, there's, no, there's no stand. It amazes me how people have no no durability. But he says when you're in the gospel, there's spikes under your feet, and you can stand. The wind can blow. You're like a palm tree, man. A palm. You ever seen a palm tree? Palm tree in the middle of a wind. I mean, living on the east coast is different because trees fall easily out here, right? But in Florida. Those palm trees could be in the midst of a hurricane, and it may move, it may sway, it may go backwards, but you can't uproot it. And that's how your walk with God has to be. You may move. Come on here, somebody. You may go like this a little bit. Come on, come on. You may go back a little bit, but you're not going to be uprooted. You're going to stand strong no matter what. Yeah, I'm a little woozy, but I'm not uprooted. There will be times when you're going to be swayed, but you will not be uprooted because you have the gospel. Gospel keeps you strong. Look at this. The application of this, real quickly, is a declaration of your victorious stand in the gospel of peace, declaring that the word of God is first in your life. So that when that storm comes, you will not be moved by the storm. Because it comes, if you just keep being saved. It's going to come. <laughs> the storms will show up. But it's not the fact that the storm shows up. It's what you do during the storm. Come on, somebody. It's what you do during the storm that makes the difference. Are you standing strong during that storm? Are you like that tree that even though it sways back and forth, you shall not be moved? Somebody say, I shall not be moved. I love it because if you look, if you look at this, give me 10 more minutes and I'm done. I love it because if you look at the soldiers back then, and when Paul was talking about this in the book of Ephesians, he was, he had the Roman soldier obviously in mind. And and, and when I was studying this, uh, you saw that the Roman soldiers had red on underneath. And I always used to wonder why would they wear red and not black or another color? And they would wear red so that if they ever got stuck by the enemy, the enemy couldn't tell that they were wounded. As long as they didn't act wounded, he couldn't tell they were wounded. Oh, man. And so some, so watch this. Only your big mouth tells the enemy you're tired. He, he, he's not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything. He can't read your mind. Are you hearing me? It's funny when you say, I'm so tired. I don't know how I'm going to make it. There you go. You told him. You told him that last attack worked. But here we go. If he keeps stabbing, you keep saying, man, God is good. He says, this person is crazy. I, I, I done threw everything I could at them, and no matter what I thought of them, they keep praising God. They keep worshiping God. They keep coming to church. I'm just going to give up. Are y'all hearing me here today? He only knows it when you tell him. The enemy only knew they were wounded when they acted like they were wounded. But they could have got stabbed and the enemy would have never known because that red was the put in place so the enemy would not know their weak spots. The blood of Jesus has been put in place. Come on. So the enemy can't know your weak spots. Gosh, come on here, somebody. If you get out of your flesh and get in Jesus, he will not know your weak spots. You just gotta stop and go in the car, and worship, put some worship music on, get it out, and come on and let's let, let's go, right? But be careful what you say, because he's listening to see your current condition. Shh. He's listening to see your current condition, but refuse to give him any information. Starting today, refuse to give him any information. Come on here, somebody. You got to talk in tongues, talk, but refuse. To give him any, I'm not going to let the enemy think that he's winning. I may be a little tired, but I'm going to keep on praising him. I'm going to keep on showing my, my wife will tell you, many times I go through my quiet seasons, not because I'm just trying to be quiet, because I don't want to say the wrong thing to give the enemy any information. Yeah. How you doing, pastor? I'm good. You ain't going to know that I feel like throwing in the towel. Ain't none of your business. I'm going to keep on fighting. How, how you feeling there, pastor? I'm good. and fighting a good fight. I'm not going to give the enemy any information. Every time he see me, he's going to see me praising God. And you got to get into that posture where you know how to praise God despite of. Are you getting something here today? We're almost there, almost there, almost there. Uh, Look at this real quickly. He says, uh, I'm going to jump back to it. So he says next, he says, take on the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Tell somebody you need your shield. You need your shield of faith. I love the scripture in Romans 10 and 17. Write this down, take a picture. So faith proceeds from hearing. Or you know it as the King James Version, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This says that faith and Amplified, so faith proceeds from hearing as well as we listen, sorry, to the message about God's anointed. He says, so as you listen to faith, you listen to the word, guess what happens? Faith comes. Faith comes. And, and watch this. I love it because, uh, I mean, this is not the best shield. Or this is, you know, <laughs> but, but, but when, I, when I was studying this, and it said that the Romans and would drench their leather shield in water so that as their enemies threw fiery darts literally at them, the fiery darts would not be able to bother the shield. And so, watch this. You can't put your shield on just when it's hot or when you're in battle. You gotta sleep with your shield. Come on. You gotta sleep with you. You gotta be faithed up. I don't know if that's even a word, but you gotta be faithed up. You, you, you gotta have that shield protecting you at all times because faith protects every part of you. It's when you get out of faith that the enemy can manipulate you and trick you. Look at this. Look what he said here in Hebrews 11 and 1. He says, what is faith? It is the confidence, assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us. Here's the key. Even though we cannot see it up ahead. Whoa. Faith says, uh, not, I'm not just believing, but I can't even see what I'm believing. Oh. I can't, data. I can't even see it. It's not like I can see it in a distance. It's not like I see a silhouette of it. I can't see no sign of it. But I'm in faith. God, are you hearing me? Because my faith becomes my evidence that I got it. Because even though I see it, that can change. But my faith remains constant. Come on here, somebody. Come on. My faith remains constant. Somebody said my faith is constant. Put that faith on. Listen to that word. When you leave here, you should be charged. Right? You're ready. You're ready to take on the world when you leave here. But don't get to Wednesday and now we can't find your faith. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, don't get to Wednesday, Thursday, and you know you, you're you charged up Sunday. Man, by the time you get to Thursday, it's like this. Can't find the faith, can't find anything. You got to stay charged up. Every day, Ray and I feed our faith. Every day. We're in that word every day. Because I can't live off yesterday's faith. <laughs> Just like you can't live off yesterday's mercy. The Bible says they are new Every morning, right? He gives you new mercy. You got to charge your faith up every day, every single day. Just like you look at the weather, you look at the news, you scroll through Facebook, scroll through the word get your faith yes. every day. Get charged up every day. Somebody say every day. every day. Because every day you don't have faith, you're lowering your shields. You're lowering your shield. And you come in here Sunday, you're beat up by the time you get to Sunday. And I got to redress you all over again. I got to bandage you up first. All the beat up you took all week because you went out there naked. Come on, somebody. You wasn't dressed, didn't have everything together. And now I I, got to spend half the message, bandage you up, and then put the shield back in your hand. And it's Sunday. Here you go again. You got beat up again. But you got to stay in faith. Somebody say stay in faith. Application, real quickly. We got one more. Application, activate your faith, shield by speaking and believing the word of God. Come on, this is good stuff here. Activate your faith by speaking and believing the word of God. I love it. It says take up the shield of faith, which means there's an action that you have to do. Faith is not automatic. Write that down. Faith is not automatic. Faith is not automatic. It would be great if it was, but faith is not automatic. You have to pick up the shield of faith. The last one I want to look at, the last one, he said, take on now the what? Helmet of salvation. Since Christ is head over all things, the church He is our head. The helmet of salvation represents our position of victory, having received our deliverance from the kingdom of darkness and our permanent position as a child of God. Now, the thing about the helmet, the helmet protected the ears and the back of the neck. It protected all parts of that soldier's head. And when you don't have the helmet of salvation on, What Christ did, and understand that, watch this. The enemy can attack your mind. Man, come on. He will attack your mind. This helps you protect your mind. How do I protect? Guess what? That's where the battle starts at, church. He starts right here in that big old head, that big old thing between your two ears called your brain. He plants those seeds, come on, Every week, he'll plant bad seeds, right? Get you to believe that, right? Try to get you to receive that. He'll send people to plant bad thoughts in your mind, right? To, 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 to irritate you and to revoke an action out of you. Why? He start the battlefield is right here. You got to put that helmet of salvation on. Look at the scripture here in Philippians 2 and 5. It says, let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's why he says, let your mind be renewed by the word of God. Let that your mind has to be renewed. That's putting on the helmet of salvation where you can think different, act different. Because if your mind is not renewed, you're going to act like the old you. You know how the old you used to act. Now, y'all quiet. Uh, y- 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 y'all don't have an old you, okay? I know how the old me used to act, all right? Look at their simple application. One, don't let the thoughts of dark or darts take root. Refuse them when they first hit. Take a picture. of this. Y'all need to to really take a picture of this one, right? This is a good one. James is the man. That's right. She's right. James is the man. Brother James is awesome, right? So watch this. When that thought hits your mind, when you don't have the helmet of salvation on, you say, well, that may be true. The enemy says, you know, you're going to die early. Well, you know, my mother did die early, and my grandmother died the same thing. And here you go. You start giving that seed a place to germinate. You're giving it soil. Come on, talk to me here today. When you receive that and you entertaining that, you're giving that seed soil. But the minute that thing hits your mind, you got to refuse it immediately. The devil is a liar. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed. I'm not cursed. I am rich. I am not I, I am rich and not poor. I am healed and not sick. With his stripes, I am healed. He's gone before me and made every crooked road straight. Hey, he's gonna tell you, your kids, your kids are harbor, they'll never be saved. You gotta say, no, no, that's not true. Because the fruit of my body is blessed. You gotta speak the word. Don't let that thought take root. This is important. Number two, learn to identify the difference between your thinking and the thinking of Satan. (laughs) If what you are hearing does not match the truth about God or who you are in Christ, then it is from the enemy. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you, I'm preaching better and y'all saying amen. I am preaching better than that. Amen. I know I am. I don't even need y'all to tell me today. Yeah, that's right. right? You, you, you got to say, wait a minute. And it's many times that anyone try to feed things into my mind or my heart, I said, that ain't the word. That ain't the word. No, 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 no. You're, you are yours happy, That ain't the word. I got my belt of truth on. That's why you got to be dressed. Come on. That's why you got to be dressed. No, 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 no. My belt of truth, no, 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 That's not what the Word says. The Word doesn't say that. Remember, when when, Jesus, after he finished being tempted, the enemy took him and tried to twist the Word. If thou be the Son of God, if thou be this. And he had said, no, 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 no. It is written, Satan, no, no, no. No, you, you, you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know what you're trying to do, but it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You're trying to trick me, but I know the Word. Come on, somebody. I know the word. My helmet of salvation is on. I know the word. And that's why you gotta know the word. Just like you know them old songs when they come on in this come on, you you be shopping in a soup. Don't don't get deep on me now. You you be shopping in a supermarket and your song come on. Oh and you saved now, but you still remember them words, right? Come on. All 'all, all right, y'all, y'all. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all y'all are real deep today, y'all deep man, y'all are deep today, right? But you hear that song, you some reason you can't forget them words when the words come you you're, right you got you to know that word that what? It's not going to leave you. Be able to identify the difference between your thinking and the thinking of Satan. because he will always try to mess with your mind. <sighs> Make you feel condemned, tell you who you're not in God tell you, you're cursed when you're so blessed, you got favor on your life, come on, you walk in divine favor everywhere, you, you have, you wear favor like a shield, come on somebody, you are blessed, you are healed, you are delivered, watch this, and the last week he says, hey, after you do all that, pick up that sword of the Spirit, yeah, cool. come on, so watch this, everything else, now, now isn't it amazing that everything else that you have is so that it can protect you, but he gives you that one sword so you can tear up the enemy. All right. All right. The helmets protect you. The breastplate protects you. The belt holds on everything, and the stuff between your loins. Uh, the shoes that protect you with the spikes underneath it. He says, "After I, I I've protected you, now I'm gonna give you my sword." Ooh. Come on, I wish I had a church. As a matter of fact, this sword looks good, but this sword is the best sword. Come on, and he says, he says, "Hey, hey, I pick up the sword." Of the spirit. The same thing that Christ used when he defeated the enemy. He says, hey, you got to use that word against the enemy. You got to walk through your house and speak the word of God. You got to say, this house is blessed. Oh, come on here, somebody. When the doctor gives you bad news, you got to say, hey, my body is healed. I command every cell to line up with the word of God. I command my organs to line up with the word of God. I command my body to line up with the Word of God. The doctor told me that they saw cancer cells in my body. I didn't get stressed. I got my sword out. (sighs) Now watch this. It's hard to try to learn how to use a sword when you gotta go into battle. I'm gonna let you help me preach. Come on, you gonna help me? You gonna help me preach? The fastest way to die is to put an unprepared person in battle with no training. So the best time to train is when everything's quiet. An athlete can't try to practice in a game. Come on, somebody. Come on, talk. I'm finished. I'm finished. You can close your Bibles. It's, it's what he does when there's no game that tells what happens when there is a game. You can tell how he spends his off time when he's playing the game. God, are, are, y- are y'all hearing me? But I can tell those who are spending time in the Word when there is no fire. Cause then I can tell when the fire comes. Oh, they strong. Yeah, they, 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 they got a prayer like Yeah, they, they know how to work that word. Well, you, you can't. Don't try to learn to use a sword when there's a battle. If you're in a season of peace, don't put your Bible on the night table and cut on Netflix. Come on, somebody. If you, you come up, Rob. If, if you're in a season of peace, that's the best time to start memorizing scripture. That's the be- now, Jesus couldn't tell Satan what to do if he didn't have that word on the inside of him. When Satan showed up, he knew to say, no, no, that's not the word says. You got to have that sword ready. So when you get up in the morning, you need to get dressed like you dress yourself. And you know how much time you need to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, thank you. Thank you. I can get dressed in 15, 20 minutes and be out the door. My wife needs time. 17 years I learned how to say that. My wife just needs time. Right? If you're a woman, you need some time. Some people, they can get dressed quick and be out the door. Boom, boom, boom. You like that? Boom, boom. Out the door. Right? You got to know how much time you need to get dressed. And then work on that. Let God work on your heart. But stay girded up, ready to fight. RCC don't need members. We need fighters. We need some warriors. We need people who know how to battle. Are you hearing me here, somebody? I want you to stand to your feet today. And man, when we when we when we sing this song, this is how I fight my battle. Watch this. They're not talking about a natural battle. They talk about when you worship. Whew. Worship is your weapon. You know how to worship God. I can tell those who know how to worship and those who don't worship. But when we fight our battles, it may look like the enemy surrounding you, but you're surrounded by God. So I have a witness here today. You are surrounded by God. So watch out. we saying this, I want you to understand this, that you have the victory and that you are a warrior and great is he that is with you. Than he that is in the world and you have the sword of the spirit you have your breastplate on you have your, your shield of faith you got your belt of truth you are ready for battle you are ready for war and when this is over you will Come on, Rob, lead us in that thing, come on. Come on, come on.
1: but we're surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded but we're surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded but we're surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded but we're surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Jesus, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded.
0: For your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we're charged up in faith.